Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al. This is Amanda. Hello. And this is Brian. Ahoy. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month we're discussing book 20, Hogfather. So we brought on the Mayor of Christmas. Yes. Uh, That's me. In- the honorary mayor of Hogswatch. Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, what do you mean honorary mayor? You've been you've been laying claim to this title for, for yeah. I was about to say now. scandal, scandal. <laughs> yes. And I'm from. I grew up in the D.C. area, so I know myself a, a mayoral scandal. <laughs> uh, Brian is, of course, the uh, the the primary host of the Tinseltown podcast, and uh, rather than doing the plugs in a rush at the end, why mm-hmm. don't we just uh, why don't we just do that now? Uh, well, yes, that is a uh, podcast that I host where I uh, talk about every uh, Christmas movie, uh, plus you know the other midwinter holidays, Thanksgiving and New Year's primarily, but uh, occasionally we get one of the uh, uh, more obscure ones in there. Uh, managed to do a combination Thanksgiving Hanukkah movie once, and that was traumatizing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jack and Jill starring Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler. Oh, right, in a uh, Norbit-style multiple roles thing. <laughs> Oh, that was rough. But yes, we uh, we watch them, we talk about them, we see what winds up on the uh, the official holiday canon, the uh, mm-hmm. you know the movies that everybody should watch every holiday season. Sometimes we get something on there that's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, Amanda uh, and I actually made a joint appearance not so long ago doing the uh, well, first Thin Man movie. Not so long ago for the Patreons, a hundred thousand years. Oh, that's in the right. Distance. This this by episode the time of... this episode actually posts, yeah, you will have done another episode. Um. We were talking about possibly another Thin Man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes. Uh, or no, after the Thin Man. Mm-hmm. Another Thin Man is... Uh, another one. Another they one. Have that, well, that one's not a holiday, though. And right. then e- uh, either very recently or in the distant, distant past, Al was on mm-hmm. uh, the show doing Mixed Nuts, which sounded just terrible. Yeah, it was pretty awful. It was. It did not make the canon. It did not, to the surprise of nobody, nobody, including not Steve Martin. Yeah, including the people involved Afron. in that uh, mm-hmm. in that project. Yes. Uh, let, just oh dear. just real quick, and we will we will discuss the uh, the film or TV movie adaptation yep. of uh, Hogfather a little bit later. But would that? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spoil that now. Would that make your canon? Uh, would that make the canon? No. Okay. Is it on the list? Yes. Actually, if you guys want to uh, do a uh, more long-form review of it, don't worry. I'm not going to make you watch it again. Yeah. We can trust our memories on that yeah. one. Yeah, we already uh, saw but it. But I did, so I did put on the list. I did put it on the list just because I like Discworld so much mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah, I'll throw that on the list. And then as I was watching it this time, I'm like, boy, I'm really glad I didn't spring this on anybody by surprise. Yeah. If you like Discworld, why would you like this? Yeah, exactly. It's It's got some things that, it, well, like, I'll talk about it when the time comes. Yeah. yeah, we, should, but, we yeah. should cover the book first, so uh, let, let's hear your summary first. All right. Everything on the Discworld goes wahoonie-shaped when a particularly unbalanced assassin is hired by the Auditors of Reality to kill the Hogfather, the Disc's equivalent to Santa Claus. The book follows three intersecting plot lines, as Death attempts to restore the Hogfather to life by carrying out his rounds and making children believe in him again, Susan tries to stop the assassin after learning what her grandfather is up to, and the wizards try to deal with the creatures brought to life by the sudden excess of free-floating belief. Jesus Christ, Brian, it's so long. That summary is like <laughs> at least four sentences too long. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I tried to restrict myself to the... Uh... The shorter style of summary that you do here, but well, it's it, it wasn't even like an established style of the show. It was mostly it is just now. It's now turned into a uh, into a competition. <laughs> that I'm still winning. I did notice. <laughs> I I have. I, 
even though I'm a Patreon donor, uh, because I do almost all of my podcasts listening when I drive, mm-hmm. I've listened to like only the episodes that are publicly posted and like two others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was going through the uh, the notes for the others just to like get a sense of how you guys write notes. Sure. And I was like, boy, these things are getting real short. <laughs> well, I used to listen. We used to listen to the audiobooks separately. And as I mm-hmm. listened, I would take notes. And now we're listening to yeah. them together, mostly in the car. And so I kind of come home and take notes of things I remember. So there's a lot fewer notes mm-hmm. now. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and as always, we did do the audiobooks. I believe you were working from the, the actual print book. I don't know if there'll uh, be a ton of differences. but I sort of did like a little combination of the two. I have the audiobook. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, a very nice hardcover copy of the print book that I got when I was in uh, London. I got... Um, uh, a bunch of uh, fancy ones over at Waterstones. Oh, excellent! Uh, with uh, UK exclusive covers. Mm-hmm. This one's quite nice. It's got um, a uh, a fireplace uh, with uh, three ornaments hanging in front of it, some candles at the bottom, and a selection of smoked meats around it that all form the shape of a skull. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. I've uh, yeah. I've definitely take or leave <laughs> quite a lot of the different variations on uh, Discworld covers, but uh, that sounds nice. The ones that are ha- kind half of half the reason I bought it was the novelty of having a good Discworld cover. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ones that are kind of like minimalist ones are okay. Yeah, the but, American paperbacks now. But I've seen mm-hmm. so much good minimalist art. I'm like, why didn't you hire someone like better? Yeah. No, there's people out there who definitely elevate it to an art form mm-hmm. instead of just a utility. Yeah. Here is a symbol that represents this book. Yeah, no, these hardcover collections are good. I got I got this. I got Weird Sisters because mm-hmm. I was directing that. And then I forget what the other two I bought were. I think... I think it was just the other three witches' books. I think mm. it was Witches Abroad and uh, Lords and Ladies. I miss the witches um, already. Yeah. I can see them over there, but I'm not going to make you wait while I go get them. Good, because we got a book to talk about. Yeah. We sure do. Now, I, I am under the impression, Brian, that you, you mm-hmm. were quite a yeah. fan of this one. I uh, I was quite a fan of this one. This one, I actually, it was one of the later ones I read. Can I, I assume whenever you have a guest on the show, which I believe is twice uh-huh. now, yep. um, you uh, you have them discuss how they came to the Discworld series. I don't know that we have, but uh, we can certainly Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. There, it's a new tradition. Cause, well, because it's a little weird in my case. <clears throat> the um, So what was uh, in high school, ninth grade? Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Shirley, uh, gave me a copy of a book. It was a Discworld book. She said, hey, I think you'd like this. And, um, I mean, I had a crush on her. So, mm-hmm. you know, if a you know, cute girl gives you a book, you're going to read Absolutely. it. For some unaccountable reason, she gave me the light fantastic. Oh. Um, not even... Not even Color uh, of Magic. Yeah, yeah. That's, Not even Color of weird. Magic. That was, it was a, it was a weird call on her part, and I did enjoy it, but I didn't like it. Didn't really click with me. Yeah, everyone says um, skip the first two books, and so she hands you the second of the two books you're supposed to skip. That is I weird. Can, I yeah. can get like starting at the beginning. Yeah, there's like, a lot I of people. Who I mean, people we're, we're, should, we're fifteen. But... It's all crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, nobody's thinking straight back right. then. Um, but then, yeah, that's that. Uh, and then I switched to a different school. Uh, and <laughs> because of not, that, not be, not <laughs> yes, yet, that because it. of that. No, by coincidence. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kept... I, the series always, like, stuck in my mind because I kept seeing it, like, talked about miscellaneous places and, like, it, it seems like something I'd like. But And then when I was in college, it was uh, my senior year of college was the next time I read a Discworld book. It was finals, uh, finals time. Mm-hmm. And I just went to the library to get something to, like, relax my brain. And I saw this book and I was like, okay, whatever, I'll grab this one. Sounds like it's got an interesting title. It was Soul Music. Ah. Oh, that's too bad. That was my second one. And again, 
didn't quite click. It was like, I'm, I keep picking these ones where, like, I'm not in the right frame of mind. And then I think three years later, I had jury duty. And I was like, let me get a book mm-hmm. to read at jury duty, um, you know, while I'm waiting. And I had read at that point so many people saying, the Discworld books, you can read them in any order. It doesn't really matter. Mm, it's not mostly, true. But yeah. It's not true, but people kept saying yeah. that. But so I was just like, I'm just going to look for one that I think has an interesting sounding plot right. in the bookstore. And I picked The Fifth Elephant. Oh, um, like the fourth then, watch yeah. book. Now, here's here's where it gets really weird. I read The Fifth Elephant, and then I read the next watch book, which is, it's not Thud, it's... Thief uh, of Time. Jingo. Uh, no, oh, Jingo. No, Jingo is next for us. Fifth, fifth hmm? Elephant oh. is after Jingo. Is after Jingo? Yes, because Jingo is book 21. Yeah. We're oh, doing yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? You're right, because the... Uh, well, anyway... Point is, I went forward, uh-huh. not backward. And then I went back, and it must have been, yeah. I went, I or not Jingo, Thief of Time, uh, Nightwatch, I, sorry. Yeah, Nightwatch, that was mm-hmm. it. So then I went backwards, and I did, uh, after I read that, Nightwatch, Thud, mm-hmm. uh, you know, forward to the end of the Guard series. Right. And then I read Jingo, uh, Men at Arms. Right. Oh, so all out of Um no, no, Jing- Jingo, Feet of Clay, Men at Arms, and Guards, Guards. So I read backwards to the beginning oh, of the Guard boy. series. You did it bad, th- Brian. Yeah. This is the worst. I would not recommend this to anybody. And then I was like, okay, cool. So now I'm going to pick new characters. So then I read all the Witches books in order. And then I read all of the Rincewind books in order. Uh-huh. And that, and so by the time I got around to death, like I was reading these in the weirdest possible way. I don't know why I didn't do death because I already had one of those under my belt. But. Right, and and that's probably the shortest sub series. There's yeah. only three or four mm-hmm. books in that. And then, so I was All getting around the bad. end of the series when yeah. I read this one, and so I, I was coming at it from a really weird place. But this one did really wind up clicking with me. No surprise. Mm-hmm. Love Christmas, always have. Okay, but do you well, like you it love, now? You love Christmas like a mother and a lover. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I love the Christmas, my holiday, whom I love like a woman. Yes. <laughs> but you, but you seemed by at the beginning of all that that uh, you you don't quite feel so strongly about this now. No, no, I, I definitely do. I if now, do you feel I don't want to, I don't want to skip do you ahead feel to the nostalgic. End. Yes, that's the thing. I don't know if you skip ahead. I'm gonna just really just blow this whole thing wide open and skip to my grade mm-hmm. because I don't know if my grade for this is an A plus or a B. Okay. Um, and even, you know, a B is like, I feel like that might be overly generous when I really stop and critically think about it, but there is so much in it that I genuinely of do Of all like, of the books also... like this, like the Earth mm-hmm. things come to the disc, this is probably the <coughs> best one. Like, it's better than Soul well, Music, it's better than Reaper Man. Um, 100%, uh, Soul Music, Reaper Man, and... Moving uh, Pictures. It's definitely um, better than Moving, moving pictures. pictures. Those three are garbage. And the, well, what I like is that this is, like, not... An Earth thing comes to Discworld. This is just Discworld is doing something that's like right. an Earth thing, right? And it's this thing that they've had and that they've always had, and they talk about how it changes over time and it resembles our things, but it's got its own distinct Discworld flavor. And so it avoids that. Uh, what well, you were saying, the the worst thing, and I 100 percent agree, which is I don't know why I did that. Like, oh, yes, Christ. there's none of that in this because they know why yes, they're doing but it. Because tradition, there is mm-hmm. a huge amount of. Um, really clumsy Christmas references specifically to Christmas carols and mm-hmm. uh, the night before Christmas where there it was are, cute at first I, I'm a sucker and then he them. just started elbowing you in the ribs gonna check the list twice do you get it <clears throat> you get oh my god stop I uh I really do love the good King Wenceslas section ah. though 
See, I, uh, I, I'm not super familiar with that. Amanda had to like explain some and of that to me. The so. section, like, it works. That that section works work even yeah. without knowing the the context, which is that's that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. If yes, you, if, that's that's the key. That's the yeah. If you thing, get yeah. it, then great. You get a fun little part of the secret club. And if you don't get it, it's still funny. No, to this day, I confuse yeah. Good King Wenceslas and uh, Senior Wences. I I don't know the difference between the two. Christmas all right. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. There was there was too much wizard stuff by by a lot. I'm in a weird place with the wizards right now, emotionally speaking. <laughs> There's a sentence. Elaborate. Because the thing is, I like the wizards as supporting characters. I hate them as protagonists. Mm-hmm. All right. Like in another book, and you don't get this obviously with like the dean and the chair and all them, but like. When Ridcully shows up in another book, he tends to be my favorite part of it. Like, not not to jump around to the series on you guys, but like when he shows up at the end of uh, the middle end, of the end of um, uh, going mm-hmm. postal, um, it's great because you're like, here's a guy who's good at his job, and then you see him interacting with is his subordinates good at his and you job? get all the like ridiculous. His well, job he, is stabilizing somehow unaccountable. Well, okay. So yes, yeah. he is. But this university doesn't seem to have. This is the first time really we've spent time with any mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to want to teach or do anything. I just I never understand what they're there for. And I agree because I like Ridcully very much. I agree with Brian. I should say <coughs> I like Ridcully. He's a character mm-hmm. I enjoy. I liked it when he showed up uh, as Granny's old beau from back in the old. That's times. what I was saying because I'm not sure about the order of things. You got you did yes. get that one. So this is your third book with Ponder, mm-hmm. then. I wasn't sure if this was the first one. Yeah, Ponder's, or like, fucking whatever. Like I don't care about him at all. Where he's taken, like, a major role, because he was also Ponder, in moving pictures. But Ponder is a good foil for Ridgully, but in and of himself, mm-hmm. he's nothing. Yeah. But but those two, like, I don't yeah. care about any of the unnamed wizards mm-hmm. at all, but but Ponder interacting with Ridgully's not too bad, because it's mm-hmm. it's a very clear clashing of points of view. It's mm-hmm. It's, like... I'm old and I take everything literally and I'm new and I'm like thinking of things in ways that you can't. And watching Ponder mm-hmm. explain things to Ridcully can be funny sometimes. Yes, there's some good comedy in yeah. that. Um, Ridcully yelling at uh, the computer as the equivalent of old people talking with the caps mm-hmm. lock on. I, I, I like that, that, but I feel like Hex is another one of those jokes <laughs> like moving pictures mm-hmm. where it's just like there's so many jokes about computers there that it got like... One or two scenes with Hex yeah. were great, but it went on and on and on. It, it did very wink-wonk computers, am I right? Yeah, and this um, was like the mid-90s where Terry Pratchett is kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm part of this little subculture, mm-hmm. I'm one of you. But now it's like everyone knows this and stuff, there's a, there's some good bits where Ridcully is programming the computer to, to think things. Mm-hmm. like to Yes, the, that I liked. The computer uh, has, has caught crazy from Bursar, and so he gives the computer program dried frog pills to make it better. Mm-hmm. And then there's some good stuff where uh, Death talks to the computer. Yes, those and, are the two bits that I like. Yeah, and Death talking to the computer is very good because Death is a very logical character, so he understands how to talk to Hex mm-hmm. in a way that Hex understands. No, and at first I thought that was going to be another uh, mm-hmm. Reaper versus the Thrasher mm-hmm. thing, but instead it was like he completely <laughs> got it, and that was yep. much better than yeah. just... Oh, Death doesn't like machines. And, no, he likes this machine. And there's a there's a very cute bit because uh, the point of the, the Hogfather needs to be believed in or else he's going to dissipate, just like the gods in Small Gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. he Death asks Hex to believe in the Hogfather as hard as he can. Right. And so Hex does, and then Hex asks for a Christmas present and wants to give like a like a, a letter to the Hogfather, and it's it's very good. Yeah, that was. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, we're, we, when we talk about the Wizards, this is really my bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, again, almost none of them have names. Mm-hmm. Few of them have distinct personalities. Like, I, like I say, Rid Cully and Ponder do. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Dean does, but only if you remember what he got up to in the previous books. Mm-hmm. You remember he's the rebellious one, but mm-hmm. without even that information, he's he's. He's the one that goes all in on whatever's happening. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he'll he'll wear the leather jacket or he'll go to the mall. Or right, but like, if you read these in yeah. what I'm now going to call Brian order, which is backwards, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you wouldn't... Then you have no yeah, idea who Yeah, because that's really set up in, like, soul music and uh, uh, probably mm-hmm. moving pictures. I don't remember now. But, like... <sighs> yeah, because, yeah, in moving pictures, he was the one that was obsessed with going to right. see the movies and eating the bank bank right, right, brains. Right. This it just it felt like Reaper Man all over again. Like we'd have some really interesting bits with Death or Susan, and then we'd cut to these idiots for ten more pages of running in place, and like, then groan because we were like really getting invested in what Death was doing, and then it would go back to the wizards. And even like I like Rid Cully, I mm-hmm. like the character, I enjoy the character, but every time we went back to the wizards, I was like, Ugh. yep. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about them casually creating these mm-hmm. household gods was an interesting idea, but it, they had to do it literally five times before they realized what was going on. And these are supposed to be smart men. The thing is, I like the yeah. idea of the household gods. Like Me the, too. The idea is that because the Hogfather is dying, there's mm-hmm. more belief to go around. Yeah. So some of these mm-hmm. gods who've been waiting in the wings as... Like, the, once upon a time, they were gods of the hearth, or they were yeah. gods of, like, finding lost sheep. Like, again, small gods. Yeah, just like you said, it, it's the same situation Om was in, in small yeah. gods, where they're almost nothing now, and they're just waiting for some belief to come back. And so the idea is that once upon a time, they did these small god things, and now they have a chance to come back. And mm-hmm. I like that. I yeah. like dealing with what gods are, where they go, and them coming back, and their connection to belief. And I honestly, like the idea of these small household gods, if you read about them, they're pretty cool. Like yeah. they do a lot of neat, mm-hmm. weird things. But and, and comedically, it's a good way for him to hang some dumb ideas. Like, yeah. And yeah, but the, were you going to say the Veruca? Uh, I wasn't because that one actually existed before all this started. But that is true. The Veruca gnome and Jack Frost are sort of right. outliers in this thing. But, but the, the thing is, the jokes that he's telling with these household gods mm-hmm. aren't very funny. Like, there's there's not a lot there. Um, no, but he keeps repeating them also. If if it was a couple of them, if it took three of them for them to get it, that would be okay. But it took well, five. That actually rolls right into my bad thing, mm-hmm. and that's two mm-hmm. of them specifically I need to call out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, just to get that in there to, to continue yeah. the conversation. Uh, the O-God of Hangovers has exactly one joke, and that's his name. Ugh. I think that would have been Amanda's bad thing if she'd gotten in the document yep. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and hated then him. The ch- the cheerful fairy. I it seems like some sort of British joke. I don't get. Yeah, it definitely like, felt like one of those. It, come on, you lads, let's. Maybe yeah, it's my kids. Like, Cana- being Canadian, there's some. Yeah, you're more over- British adjacent than we are. Some overlap, and so I was like, oh yeah, I get that. I had a teacher like that. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I've just got to watch more teabag episodes before it really <laughs> clicks with me. <laughs> I think I've seen exactly all the tea bag I need mm-hmm. to see, which is one episode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good, thanks. Um, but yeah, no, it's that same sort of. And the thing is, it's it's like implied that the first one might have been the Veruca gnome because nobody believes in it except for Ridcully, and then right. suddenly it shows up. But as but you say, it you don't get up the galingalingalinga the... and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a little it's left vague on that one. But he's actually pretty funny, or like the um, yeah. uh, the 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 the, the eater the of socks. The eater of socks, like these, like 
if it's just like a little thing that one of them believed in when they were mm-hmm. a kid and now it's here but as soon as they start trying to give them personalities and yeah the, the the scissor man that uh, menaces one of the villains at the end but like, the scissor man's not up from the belief the scissor man comes from the bogeyman who's manifesting the terrors of people in the tooth fairy realm i thought it was a combination of the two Mm-mm. that it was nope. coming to like That's... the same way the uh Sock eater was. I actually thought that as well. Yeah, no, it's the bogeyman. Ah. Yep. I, I definitely like defer to you on all that stuff because yeah. I don't know shit about mythology. But no, I, I thought, I actually, I didn't dislike the Ogod as much as you guys did only because there's a little bit of a character there. Like his, the idea that he hates. The sequence where they're curing him of his hangover is unendurable. See, building <laughs> up to that, I agree. Mm-hmm. But when he realizes that he can send some suffering back to the mm-hmm. god of wine, mm-hmm. I actually thought that was a I, good bit. I did that was like good. that part. Yeah. And yeah. I do like the idea of Rid Cully being a guy who's got like a crazy powerful, non-magical, just traditional hangover cure. Mm-hmm. Well, he comes that he has from, to handle with like dragon scale gloves. And... He comes from the Ram Tops, and those people are tough, as we have seen. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they've got they can they can handle their drink and they can handle their hot sauce. And, and I don't know Rid- I don't know what you're Rid- talking about with the drink. It's it's mostly apples. <laughs> mainly mainly apples um but rid Kelly's also one of those sort of macho guys who wants to have the hottest hot sauce so that <laughs> that that fits there too yeah it absolutely does no i, I, have, I didn't uh, hate I that bit. Nan- i have nanny ogg's cookbook and it gives oh. me a uh, recipe for that uh that sauce which i've never made because it Did, requires <laughs> like mushroom ketchup mm-hmm. and you have to measure everything in grams the strawberry it's, wobbler it's also like, mm-hmm. it, that's in does there, it just yeah. look like a dick oh nice um I think that depends on how you make it. Um, but yeah, no, they did. They did just being like a Jello dick. They did mm-hmm. not like a alter 70s, the uh, like one of those nasty seventies meals. that's like like something got hot dogs and Jello, except it's in a dick mold. And mm-hmm. you'd see somebody carrying it around on a tray in a carry on movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, um, that's something. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting book to read, uh, and the illustrations and like the uh, the flavor text are fun. But um, I've never made anything from it because they never bothered americanizing the uh, measurements and stuff and i don't have a kitchen scale so ah yeah well live with it that's fair but the um i don't know the old god didn't bother me because there was a bit of a character there mm-hmm. and he susan needed someone to talk to mm-hmm. and it wasn't the other character which is amanda's bad thing yes uh quoth me that fucking raven again uh, Ugh. Yep. speaking about one note like one joke characters well he's looking for eyeballs like last time only this time Terry Pratchett's clearly stuff. run. No, he's clearly run out of jokes, and so now this bird thinks he's all other kinds of bird. Yeah, he's pretending to be other kinds of birds because people don't like ravens. And they, like he clearly ran out of raven jokes. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I got robin jokes. Mm-hmm. Can I use? Uh, I can put them here. And robins are like a Christmas thing in England, so ah. there's that too. Got it. What? The, but, what? What did he even do with the last? What was his last one? Was he in uh, Reaper Man? He was in Soul Music. He was in Soul, Soul Music, yeah. Oh, he was yeah. in Soul Music. That's he's, right. He shows up whenever the rat shows up because he's <laughs> translating for the rat, but it doesn't make sense because Susan can understand the rat. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The omniscient narrator could just say, Susan understood the squeak to mean blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't need a translator. It's, it, or you can pick it up from context from her replies. Yes, exactly. That's that's how a good writer yeah. like Terry Pratchett would write it. Yeah, she could just she could be like Bob Hope talking on the telephone. Yes, yeah. exactly. But, I was thinking Bob Newhart, but yes. But you, I, I hate, you are, I hated you the are raven. correct and I am wrong. <laughs> I hated the raven in the previous books and I hate the raven in this one. And Does I he do show hate up the raven. Uh, possibly I because so. Thief of Time is a Susan book and yeah. usually he shows think, up when Susan shows up. I don't think he's in that one, though. Good. I don't remember. It's been a little while. But... I, I think I hate the. Ra- I think 
yes, it was a relief when the Raven, like even though the the O God of Hangover showed up, who I also hated, mm-hmm. um, it was a relief that it wasn't. The yeah, Raven. her main sounding board was no longer the Raven. Yeah. It was it was this other character, and mm-hmm. I liked at the end where he and one of the Tooth Fairies Violet. fell for each other. Like there, he yeah. had a couple of good bits. Yes, I will completely agree with both of you that his joke got real tiresome real quick, mm-hmm. but he had a couple of things to do. Like you the, know who, the thing you know who with the wine reminds God, me of. Personality-wise, he reminded me a lot of Rincewind. Yeah. yeah. I think and then that's, we have Sydney the, the Wizard. We had Sydney the Wizard who's also... Sidney. Sidney. Mm-hmm. The Wizard who's also very Rincewindy. It is yep. Sydney in the movie. I was actually pronouncing it Sidney in my head with a, with an extra syllable in there. So. I always I always well, defer to Nigel Planer. And, okay, here's a thing. Mm-hmm. I, he pronounces Planer, some things wrong. He, he, he absolutely yep. does. Um, so Nigel Planer played, uh, Sidney or Sidney, however you want to say it, the wizard mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, TV movie adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. He looked he like a, a, a shabby wizard. Mm-hmm. And then when it rolled around to adapt a Rincewind book, rather than getting the original guy Rincewind was mm-hmm. based on, because he was totally based on, uh, uh, well, one of his, uh, inspirations was Nigel Planer's character from The Young Ones. Right. Yep. Uh, and a guy who uh, was the sole narrator of all the Rincewind mm-hmm. books, because mm-hmm. Stephen Briggs doesn't take over till after the Rincewind stuff's done. Um, instead of getting him, who already obviously takes well to this look, uh, they got he David looks... Jason, who is 10,000 years old. Mm-hmm. He looked so good as as that was as, as Yeah, you just Sydney. think of, just put Wizard on his hat, yep. and he was he Rincewind. Looked, he looked just mm-hmm. like, like yeah. that's how I imagined with the, like, the kind of the shitty beard. Yes. And he's... I picture him like Nigel Player. Yeah, he's older but uh-huh. he's not ancient no like he's, he's old like like, like like a guy still hanging around college yeah. not like a guy who should be dead <laughs> my uh i i had a whole discworld cast list worked out once upon a time and I that had, is uh, not surprising i had i had simon Pegg. Um, oh that, that's not a bad choice mm-hmm. or oh you know what though now that i think about it i replaced him totally forgot about that uh arthur darville i don't know who that is me neither do you watch Broadchurch? nope nope you watch uh doctor who the uh, he was he was Rory. Ah, yeah, I know. Who that All right is. then. Yeah. Um. Shows but my places. my point is, David Jason, bad mm. choice for Rincewind. Terrible. Good good choice for Albert, though. Oh, the Albert. He, he was a very good Albert. He yes. was great as Albert. Mm-hmm. He worked. Yes, he was. He had to do a lot of heavy lifting in that movie. He and... sure did. Yeah, because the skeleton, like obviously, there's nobody there. They'll mm-hmm. dub the voice in later. Uh-huh. So I guess we might as well just talk about that since we're yeah, already since on we're the talking subject. about that, it. Um, yeah. The guy that played Death in that actually he also played Mr. Pump in uh, Going Postal, uh, and he, uh, oh. he did he did do the voice for that one too. He, uh, so um, I, I guess they liked him enough that they. Uh, he's they not kept him Christopher around. Lee. No, so he's not Christopher that. Lee, but he's Marnix basically Vandenberg. a sound like. He was the original uh, House of Cards. Yeah. Oh no, I meant the guy in the suit. Uh, oh, yes. oh, I see. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I never was, uh, care about the guy in the suit. That that is not interesting to me at all. It was uh yeah Ian Richardson. Um, uh, yes, the original. I, I I think he did a very good job. And he was dead by yeah. the time they made um, uh, the others, so they did get Christopher Lee back. But Oh, okay. Um, no, I mean, I feel like they should have gotten Christopher Lee anyway, but this was a good second choice. And Yeah, I, I wasn't spending... Honestly, when I when I read the credits and it wasn't Christopher Lee, I thought I was going to spend the whole time going, Ugh, this isn't Christopher Lee. No, but I didn't. He was actually pretty good. I know, and... He, he, ha- he had a very sort of, like, a dignified official way of speaking yep. yeah. that worked very well for him. He was it. also doing a Christopher Lee impression. Yeah, he was doing a bit of a Christopher Lee impression. Yeah. Yeah. And and Good. they threw in a nice little um 
uh, reference to mm-hmm. his version of House of Cards because he had his. Uh, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment. You may yeah. think you may think I've already thought of that, but I couldn't possibly comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a that's a clever reference because if you don't get it, it doesn't matter. We didn't get it the first mm-hmm. time. Speaking but, uh, of voices, though, the voices on the auditors in the... Oh my god, they were the worst. Yeah, terrible. Okay, but, so they sounded like... Did you guys... Uh, I know you've seen some Black Mirror. Did you see Bandersnatch? No. No. Uh, oh, okay, Will Poulter is in that, and he played the um, the programmer. He's in that Midsummer that's out now, too. And when I saw that, I was just distracted the whole first time going through thinking... Is he doing a cartoon nerd voice, or yeah, does he it, just sound like that? And that's what like all the auditors sounded like. Nerd voice. No, they Amanda, all sounded Amanda like this. And also then I said him. he sounded like David Mitchell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, thought they were going to tell me everything was demonstrably fine. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. And then I, yeah, I saw him in a uh, Narnia movie as a kid, and he was still talking like this. Mm-hmm. And that like, might just oh, be how okay. he sounds, but it's not just, a good choice for the voice, auditors. But, they no. sound like freaking British Steve Urkels. Mm-hmm. No, but then a couple of them were talking, and it's like, that one wouldn't have been okay as the main one. That also, one wouldn't have been okay as the main one, but instead they chose the, you know, the, the nasal-sounding one. They, that movie, they got a lot of stuff right when it comes to, like, the little details. Mm-hmm. Most of the casting was pretty good. A couple the, of the them The casting were, was pretty on point. Yeah. Like, they Susan? did, like, a lot of background stuff. The, yeah. So good! Yeah. So La- good. Lady Mary from Downton, perfect um, choice. Yeah, the, so uh, the good! Desi- the design of the City Watch uniforms pitch perfect mm-hmm. um but why did they always have either one or four auditors yeah that didn't and the, 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 no like, reason for that they look <coughs> terrible they would have been better to just like ghost of christmas past it and just have a guy in like a cloak yeah because mm-hmm. they did sort of like a half faded in thing but the line around them was like very very clear like it wasn't blended very well to the rest of it yeah. and this movie mm-hmm. didn't look cheap like no, it, it looked like they had some money to spend. They just didn't spend it very but well. But it looked bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked cheap in that it was money poorly spent. Right. And the I, the worst part of it for me was the guy playing uh, uh, Mr. Oh. Tea Time. Yep. Oh, boy. Also, what? we spent way more time with in the movie mm-hmm. version than we did in the book, first of all. Yeah, because they went into detail on his plan. Uh, you know, just for the audience, I assume they've read it. Why else would they be listening to this? But just because I'm always a let's get things straight kind of guy. Uh, the plan is to kill the Hogfather, mm-hmm. who is a god powered by belief, mm-hmm. the belief of children. So break into the Tooth Fairy's castle, take these teeth, use them to work sympathetic magic, causing the children to stop believing, and the Hogfather dies. And it's honestly, a that was a good fucking plan. That wasn't really super clear plan. to me in the book until like the mm-hmm. last fifty pages or so. Well, so that's it. In the book, it's like, how is he doing this? What like What's once you figure doing? out Tooth yeah. Fairies have to do with this? Because you don't even realize that's where he is at first. No, like, at, he, at like, first they, you they think he... it all out. You think he and Susan are in the same building mm-hmm. for a whole sequence. When mm-hmm. she's in the Hogfather's collapsing castle, and he's breaking into some kind of castle, you think it's the same castle. And that was kind of nice. <laughs> like, it was sort of a mm-hmm. nice, like... Misdirect, yeah. yeah but, the... but in the movie, it's Whoa. just teeth right from the beginning. And they say the plan. The auditors mm-hmm. say, oh, Mr. Tea Time's plan is a good plan, it is. Mm-hmm. But the guy playing him... Did the oh. worst American serial killer voice. Oh, it gets worse. Here's the thing, because I happen to remember, because I saw this movie as soon as it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know what it happened to come out, like, right after, like, within a few months of? What's that? Uh, or not with it, with it like, uh, the year after. Because, like, it would have been that he had time to see this and mm-hmm. then copy this voice. He was doing Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka. 
Yeah, that feels about yeah, right. Yeah, suck. That's what he was doing with his voice and his entire performance. And he looked right. And I I uh I loved the the, the costume designer did a great job with um assassin clothes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they were like a solid massive black, but then every so often they'd catch just a little bit of light and you could see how like fancy and detailed mm-hmm. they were. And they were cool and as hell. Also they David were cool Warner as hell, as the way uh, they worked with shadows. Lord Downey. Uh, yeah, the king yes. of the Warner's assassins. Lord Downey. So yes, good. very good. God, so great. Yep. And just who did I, I forget who I had as him in my uh, in my my. Well, whoever list, it is, it I, should be. I think it's done better Warner. than Dave Warner. Yes. Well, yeah. it's like when Charles Dance played Lord Vetinari. Uh, yep. yep. It's like there's no way I'm going to come up with anything better than oh, that. It should have been so. him, I guess, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, we we yeah. tried to watch it again, and I think we only made it through one of the three parts. Like we've we've seen the whole thing before, but yeah. this mm-hmm. time it was like, oh, I can't. And I, the CG I, is so. Bad. Yeah, I mean, and it's, honestly, it's, the yeah. puppet work on Death also pretty bad. And the rat. Mm-hmm. And the rat, which like just, just get a like we have a little rat skeleton we've used for our photo shoots. It's not that hard to just pose it and then make it look like it's like we could do a better job mm-hmm. with it, the ten dollar prop we got from Amazon. It was very very bad. Yeah, I'm just checking real quick in here to see if I have any other. Oh, I did like the. Uh, I don't think they quite had the sense of the nerds. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the movie, but I really like the way the guy playing Ponder was playing him as, like, the most, like, stuck-up, smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think you find that if we do things this way, it was funny. And yeah. Ridcully wasn't half Brian Blessed enough. Yeah, he should he have was, been way uh, shoutier. You know who, you know who that was in my, uh, my casting, though? Stephen Fry. I could see, uh, I, I could know. see him Stephen pulling Stephen Fry's no, no. also not Brian Blessed enough. Stephen Fry as, like, the way that he played, um, the Duke of Wellington mm-hmm. on Blackadder. I was gonna say, yeah, like, Lord, Lord Melchit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see uh, I did, I did have Brian Blessed, but I had him as Ridcully's brother, the, uh, the high priest. Mm. That would also be good. Or Brian Blessed doing both. Yeah. In a Norbit-style, yeah, uh, split-screen thing. They could be twins. That's mm-hmm. two yeah. Norbit references in this one episode. <laughs> There's a an online um, friend of mine that every time someone mentions uh, one actor playing several characters, he always says, "Oh, like Eddie Murphy's Norbit," and now I just like that's my mm-hmm. go-to every time. Um, I will say that uh, MVP and LVP for the movie, as far as I'm concerned, uh, MVP, the guy that played Banjo, was great. He Too was like, small. Yeah, I didn't think it was big. Like everyone was, was talking yeah. about him being a mountain, and he was just like six inches taller mm-hmm. than everyone else. Yeah, but he, he should have been like, like Andre big, the Giant guy. But like the way that he managed to play like sweet and innocent, and also oh no, the acting was murder good, yeah. you if his best friend tells. He actually uh, showed up in the later movies. He played the uh, the barman at the mended drum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the worst one was the boogeyman that Susan gets with the poker. Oh, oh terrible! Yeah. yeah, he looked like Michael Goff with small horns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real he bad. was waving his hands, and he was supposed to look scared, but he was just slowly waving his hands in front of his face. <laughs> this is what is this what scared is? No, and there was a and, weird choice by the woman playing Susan in the early parts where she seemed kind of meek and timid, and it's like, what? I know she can do bitchy. She did, well, like, six seasons of bitchy on Downton. And I yeah, think she played it, the worst sister on I Downton know. Abbey. And I think it was a directorial choice oh, probably. to make mm-hmm. her seem more meek at the beginning. So, so that you can see her step up later. To play yeah, but reserve, it's not necessary. But... And Susan doesn't go through an arc in this. No. Like, Susan, Susan very rarely... I mean, in soul music, I guess she had a little bit yeah, of Yeah, but one. Susan is, like... She has spent this whole time, like like Granny, yeah. being herself as hard as she can. Yeah. That she doesn't... <laughs> like, she's not here to learn stuff. She's here to get say, things done. We yep. all love Terry Pratchett here. Yes. But... 
the, what, what, like 42 books in the series, and the number of which, the number of them in which characters actually go through a proper arc is maybe like five. Mm, I don't know. Sam Vimes has a pretty wonderful arc. Sam Vimes has one, but here's the thing. All of his development, with, in the exception of Guards Guards, happens between books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, he is a different person in like the third than the second, mm-hmm. and you can see how he got that way because of what happened in the mm-hmm. second, but... I guess it doesn't happen over the course of the story, you're yeah. right. But, it, yeah. but if you take his arc over the series, is kind of what I'm Likewise, saying. Granny, like, oh, she's relaxed a little bit by the end of... Granny uh, doesn't really go through an arc. No. So she's... You, but you can tell that she's the way she is Actually, in Lords and Ladies because of what happened in Witches Abroad. I will but, say, Amanda, you pointed yeah. out in her in her previous uh, appearance that she has learned because the way she treats Agnes yes. is different because of Magrat she, and she's grown a little. She's learned some, but she doesn't really go through what you would call a character arc. She, well, she, yeah. There's a few changes mm-hmm. to but the But they evolve. But yeah. Um, Moist, I would say, goes through an arc. Tiffany goes Moist through an arc. Moist was one of the ones I was thinking of yeah. when I said... Mm-hmm. Uh, and generally, they go through their arcs in their first books, mm-hmm. and then they are sort of who they are. I'm going to throw um, another one in this pile, though, because this is my good thing. <laughs> Death. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yes! We start seeing his slight sympathy to humans in Mort, and we see it a little mm-hmm. more in... Um, uh, Reaper Man, but it is full fledged here. Like he is so attached to people now. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I love in this how he gets to play a character that people want to see and are excited to see, and how much he loves it, mm-hmm. and how that much was, it um, breaks his heart to give it back. Yep. Let me just make sure that's not my, anybody. I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. Yeah, no, I'm not. It, one, it, what was almost my quote was that um, people are very rarely pleased to see me, except in certain very unfortunate circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and the thing is, if you have more than one quote, by all means, like we highlight, you know, tons oh, of passages. Oh, my, my, my quote is like a page and a half long, so yeah, I, I didn't want to press my lips. Yeah, well, so say we all, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Even even in this one of the books that I, I like the least, there mm-hmm. are many, many things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good puns in here, too. Uh, um. There are a lot of puns, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am less a fan of... Uh, the puns of the puns or play on words plays. My on favorite words. was the um, the Tom Swifties whenever um, Jack Frost was talking and he was saying things coldly and icily. Mm-hmm. Uh... Mm-hmm. I can't help it; I'm a sucker for those. <laughs> there was in this a lot of really good talk about mythology and stories about stories. Which, for everyone who's been listening up to this point, and if not, why the hell are you listening in the middle of? Yeah, a why would you start at number freak? twenty? Um, what are you doing, listening in Brian order? Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Do you come on to the Brian episode to listen in Brian order? Go back to the beginning. Yes. Well, oh. no, because they would have had to start in uh, uh, start with the Life Fantastic, and then uh, six years later. Right. <laughs> Also, everyone says don't start at book one, so maybe they won't start a podcast Yeah, one maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> we said that. Actually, this is definitely the kind of podcast where if somebody finds it when it's all completed, they're going to go for their favorite book first. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. So. Honestly, I don't think there's going to be a huge change in the tone of the show as the show goes on because we're doing it in such a You're short period of time. recording them all within, 20, yeah. within yeah. 20 days of each other. Well, Amanda hurt her leg, so we have lots of time to read and record. So. Also- Amanda? Amanda hurt her leg? Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have heard this, yeah. heard but I'm it. literally dying from my leg. Oh boy, here we go. My leg wound. Um, anyway. But, <laughs> but um, anyways. We'll get you a new robot leg. Good. Please no. Robot shark body. Robot shark body. Um, this had a lot, like, what I remember liking about this book, because I this mm-hmm. is certainly not one of my favorite books, but there's a lot in here that I really, really like. And this has a lot to say about uh, 
the year king. So you got mm-hmm. a god Ooh. or a hero or a king who Can is... Can I jump uh, in on you with my good thing yes. before we come back to this thought? Yep. Because mine was specifically like the mythology and traditions mm-hmm. that revolve around Hogswatch, which mm-hmm. is, like I said before, I already I mentioned this, it's a lot more elegantly handled than the old, like on Earth, but not stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a big part of that, which now we can get back into, the uh, the origins of the Hogfather and the way that mythology and belief change over time. Uh, like they, they, they keep talking about how eating beans on Hogswatch is bad luck. Mm-hmm. And then that comes into, take it, Amanda. So um, we talk about the year king, which is like a mythological setup where you've got a guy who gets everything is great for a whole year. He gets to feast and have a great time and like get to have sex with all of the hot ladies and like just have a really good time of it. And at the end of it... <laughs> Slit his throat, blood to make the grass grow. And that's something that comes up in mythology a lot, uh, and it also comes up in real life a lot with human sacrifices. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that in this. Like, that's what the Hogfather is supposed to be. He's the reason that the sun comes up, because in order for the sun to come up, you have to kill winter. And Albert talks about a lot of these sort of old traditions, like how you became the year king was there's a hard bean in your food. And yeah, I they would that... take a bean and they would just leave it out till it got real hard. And whoever got that, hey, mm-hmm. they're the king. And it's great for a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. See, and then I, that's when he just mentions the first time, like, "Oh, I can't believe that guy was eating beans. Bad luck to eat beans mm-hmm. at Hogswatch." He doesn't really say why, and you eventually find out. And that stuck around today, like in Louisiana, they've got the king cakes with yeah, the little the, plastic with, baby in them, and with that choking hazard baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I appreciate all that was well written. Mm-hmm. I found it very boring. I loved it. I don't oh, care I about love- mythology. And- I never read mythology as a kid, and I'm just like, this is all just a bunch of made-up garbage. And when the Hogfather's coming back to life, and they see him first as like an ancient shaman, I didn't then as really a medieval follow king, most of that. Yeah. And then eventually, like at some point, he transforms into this family-friendly household god, just like a jolly fat man with some uh, uh, pigs that uh, pull him around and... Mm-hmm. And like Susan and says, not to go back, not it, to go back to the movie, but unaccountably in the movie, a straight up pig face. Yeah, that made like, the actor like you couldn't see what the actor was. His, do- his mouth couldn't move. They, yep. He said "ho ho ho," and he just had a perfectly still pig face. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like if they had left in the tusks, like uh, okay, well, that's a little visual thing. But I was like, oh, we're going a little, little literal with this hogfather mm-hmm. thing. They look okay. look the the um. What's Kutch's race in Star Wars? Tellarites. 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 Yeah, yeah, like the old Tellarites with the shitty mask where you couldn't see the people. I was just thinking on his planet, the one beautiful woman is actually considered ugly. Oh, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And the fucking pigs, which they CG'd instead of getting pigs. Uh, Gouger, Tusker, Rooter, and Snouter. Yeah, they they CG'd them, except Mm -hmm. they made them small. Mm -hmm. Like... The whole point would be for them to be huge. I think I get the idea that it's like the eight tiny reindeer. And so they like designed CGI giant wild boars, but made them small and adorable. Stupid. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. But no, I the the myth stuff I didn't get to. I wanted to, I wasn't actually finished talking about death yet. Oh yeah, continue oh, sorry, talking about sorry. death. <laughs> That's okay. We've got my good favorite things subject. within bad things within good things. Yeah. There's it just all of the all of the <coughs> philosophical stuff, mm-hmm. all of the him being happy for a change, all of the and and like um, there's so many just good quotes. There's uh, it's the expression on their little faces I like. Said the Hogfather. <laughs> you mean the sort of fear and awe of not knowing whether to laugh or cry or wet their pants? Yes. Now that is what I call belief. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. you know what? I'll do my quote now because right. it's one of these ones. Um, so 
I'm just going to get into it. Yep. But, I mean, the Hogfather doesn't drop down the chimney and pinch people's grub. The beggars will enjoy it, Albert. Well, yes, but it wasn't stealing. It was just redistribution. Oh, yes. It will be Ah. a good deed in a naughty world. No, it won't. Then it will be a naughty deed in a naughty world and will pass completely unnoticed. (laughs) Yeah, but you might have thought about the people whose grub you pinch. They have been provided for, of course. I am not completely heartless in a metaphorical sense. Yeah, and I didn't even hate the bit. Like, I usually don't care for the beggars much. Like, early, first time through, I liked them okay. Now I find them a little problematic. But um, Yeah, but I like them in this one. But it's mostly like, ha-ha, the mentally ill. Ha-ha, the homeless. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, punch up, a, Terry they, Pratchett. They got a little actual, like, sensitivity in this one. Yeah, and no, a and little sympathy. The bit where they get a feast and the fancy restaurant uh, cooks mm-hmm. up old boots as gourmet food went on, funny. went on just long enough to be mm-hmm. funny. I could see it stretching out a little too long, but it was just enough that I actually found it pretty amusing. And I did like that the rich people um, loved the boots and mud because mm-hmm. they were in a fancy restaurant. So therefore, anything they get served must be fancy food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again, and that's all up. they cared about. Yeah, And it's presented yep. fancy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are, and the the chef was a very fun character for coming up with like fancy French names for mm-hmm. yeah, he absolutely was. Um, and so now a nice thing is happening to these, and the duck man kind of has like a little like you can, they explain why he's dressed a little better than everybody else mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. he used to be rich and like the, there's a, they all have a moment, even foul Ron. Yeah, and but again, I, like that. I feel like targets of satire should not be you know homeless mentally ill people that mm-hmm. just feels yeah. like a yeah cheap no shot. I, agreed i will tell you this though uh I will, once again to go back to my cast you know who i had as those uh as foul run the duck man who's that mitchell and webb well i mean yeah that seems about right yep <laughs> i admit i may have been thinking just of millennium uh, hand and shrimp uh other way around i had that doesn't matter yeah. no you're just play, you're just thinking of um you're just thinking uh, of sir D- digby, digby chicken Ch- caesar yeah digby chicken caesar yeah, yeah that was like i didn't i didn't realize that until afterwards i was like oh i probably was and they would sing the song too yep that's well, the only I, wanted, good... I wanted to, i wanted to give them a uh, a pair and mm-hmm. um it was either that or make uh a uh, web a very tall knobby um, and, <laughs> well actually uh, speaking of knobby Mitchell that's Cullen. that's a another uh passage that i wanted to read oh yeah it's very mm-hmm. good i really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. liked like i like whenever we're in unk more pork now we do a little <laughs> bit of crossover the guards could show up and they i i actually did a count some years ago they show up more than anybody except death like, yeah well death Nobby, is in everyone it's, you, it, so. it's almost always nobby and colin it's nobby and visit in this one mm-hmm. um but uh the guards put in little tiny guest appearances more than any other I yeah. love that. And so mm-hmm. so Death shows up at at uh, Ankhmore Pork Macy's, basically, mm-hmm. and takes over for Santa or the also, Hogfather, whatever. all of those scenes were choice. Yes. And mm-hmm. every time we cut away from them, I was very irritated because like, that was the best part of the book. They were funny as hell. They worked in the movie, too, because they had uh, Tony Robinson, mm-hmm. um, who, frankly, would have made a great Nobby back in the day. But also, like, in, his interactions with all the children, mm-hmm. his interactions mm-hmm. with the good. shopkeeper, all that stuff. Yes. But the bit were, okay, so Nobby, okay, first of all, Constable Visit, we mm-hmm. is clearly established in the last book. His name is Visit the Infidels with Expository <laughs> Pamphlets. Yes. When did Planet his name Lord. become Washpot? It's, an, uh, it's a British yeah. thing, and I was reading it on L-Space, and it did not clear things up. Oh. Well, it, it's just like calling somebody. It, it's, it's, it's like when they called Maggard a wet hen. It's um. Oh, I thought that was his like, name. No, 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 no. That's just what Nobby is calling him, like oh. because he's wet and boring. Ah. 
See, when I think wet, I think an excitable woman. That is what that means to me growing up in America. It does not mean like someone who is lame. So that means something very different to me. Like drowned. Like dr- I, like I get it. But my first interpretation was the Cinemax After Dark mm-hmm. interpretation of that, which is very, very different. Magrat is... Oh, oh. She is, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. Wait, they're using that as, a, as, a, as an insult. What? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Every now oh, and then yeah. those Britishisms get me like that. According to the... Hold on. Well, I, I wanted uh, to read this bit anyways, where he meets, yeah. he, where right, he meets yeah, Nobby. Yeah. Um, so they're 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 going to arrest like the 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 guy in charge of the story is like arrest him he's not the real hog father also he's giving away free toys yes so uh good and bad were to nobby's way of thinking entirely relative terms most of his relatives for example were criminals but again this invitation to philosophical debate was ambushed somewhere in his head by the sheer dread of the beard in the sky yes he squeaked also perfect delivery by nigel planer in this bit giving nobby his, you know, he's sort of working class, whatever. And then when, when death speaks to him. Yes. Like he mm-hmm. gives him the tiniest child voice. It's perfect. Now I wonder what you would like. Nobby gave up and sat mute. Whatever was going to happen next was going to happen. And there was not a thing he could do about it. Right now, the light at the end of his mental tunnel only showed more tunnel. Ah, yes. The hogfather reached into his sack and pulled out an awkwardly shaped present wrapped in festive hogwatch paper with ravens on it. Uh... Corporal Nobbs took it in his nervous hands. What do you say? Thank you. Off you go. Corporal Nobbs slid down gratefully and barged his way through the crowd, stopping only when uh, he was fielded by Constable Visit. What happened? What happened? I couldn't see. I don't know, mumbled Nobby. It gave me this. What is it? I don't know. He clawed at the raven-bedecked paper. This is disgusting, this whole business, said Constable Visit. It's the worship of idols. It's a genuine belly and a strong in the arm, double action, triple cantilever, crossbow with a polished walnut stock and engraved silver facings. Really cute. <laughs> yeah, it's just very good, you know, like setting, uh, paying off from the previous book mm-hmm. where he's like the, this like creepy weapons enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Just like, and uh, also, uh, as the mayor of Christmas, I must point out, definitely a reference to a Christmas story. Oh, it's yes. Red Rider, Red Rider carbine action BB gun with a compass in the stock and a thing uh-huh. that tells time. Undoubtedly, but I I love that I bit so much. I hate that movie so much. I enjoy it so much. I think it's best to not think of it as a movie, but as a collection of sketches themed around a feeling of a time and place and character. But if you try to think of it as a coherent movie, it may fail on a little bit more of a level than a lot of people realize. Yeah, no, um, that's fair. I think I might be alone in this, but I really hate it. Like, also, if you look at pictures of my dad when he was uh, like ten years old, he looks exactly like Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was in uh, that was in that was in the uh, the late fifties in Ashley, Pennsylvania, which is like the forties anywhere else. So. <laughs> just like Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. So, something that I liked when just talking more about death is there's once again this idea that death is fair, that mm-hmm, death mm-hmm. comes to everyone, and so as death starts sort of internalizing human morality on top of everything else. That's where this redistribution of wealth comes from. Mm-hmm. And he feels like people should be more like this. Or Yeah, why do I be... need to bring the poor people poor gifts? Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, and it's because of that fairness where he's like, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. All of the... Just like in Reaper Man, 
every time yeah, the death cut bits were perfect. Death, it was very good, except there was more of the death stuff in this one than there was. But there in still Reaper wasn't Man. nearly enough. There wasn't enough. Just like the Susan stuff, there wasn't nearly enough. Not enough Susan stuff, but yeah. there was more nope. of it in this. Like all of the bullshit was like less than half the book. Whereas in the other ones, all of the bullshit was at least two thirds of the See, book. See, I felt exactly as put out by it in this <coughs> book as I did in the others. Plus, sorry, Brian, I hate Christmas. Mm-hmm. So oh, I know you do. That's so why I, keep I, I also hate show. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So you're outnumbered here. That's okay. Part of being the uh, mayor of Christmas is the acknowledging that people are uh, people are allowed to hate it. Oh, well, that's that's good. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like seriously was not invested in what it was about mostly, mm-hmm. unless it was like death, learning more about being human, or Susan putting up with bullshit. Like the rest of it, I didn't care about. I so. did like, like I said, there was a lot of sort of mythology stuff that I really, really got into, and I, I liked. That. Well, did we talk about your good thing yet? Uh, no, we haven't talked about my good thing, which is more sort of mythology stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out that the Tooth Fairy, because uh, we get to the Tooth Fairy's castle, mm-hmm. and uh, the Tooth Fairy is like death, another one of these anthropomorphic figures that has really internalized humanity. Mm-hmm. And what the Tooth Fairy is, is the original boogeyman. This is like the shriek in the dark, the fear of the dark, the thing that jumps out at hunters in the night and makes them scared. Like this is like this primordial fear being who at one point is just like, why am I doing this? And starts watching over people and watching them. And Uh they see children start to become a thing. So instead of there just being young humans and old humans, they start to see children. And the reason for the whole teeth thing is just like Tea Time coming in and using the teeth to control children with sympathetic magic, the 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 Tooth Fairy wants the teeth so that they can protect the children from this sort mm-hmm. of thing happening. Uh, and because they, they want to look over children and help them, because, again, even though... They are a monster who is like this deep, deep, dark fear. They have internalized the humanity. And I love that so much because it echoed what was going on with death. And it echoed uh-huh. the, like, the, like all of the childish wonder stuff and what children see. And the Tooth Fairy's house is like, you know, when you're looking at kids' drawings, all houses are just like a square with two windows and a door and like the swirly chimney uh-huh. smoke. The idea in this is that children don't all draw houses the same children draw houses like this house where the tooth fairy lives because that's where their teeth are and they're connected and it's just oh so good and my favorite so detail about consistent. that was the um uh all of the apples in the trees outside the mm-hmm. house are sitting on the edges of the leaves instead of being attached to the branches because mm-hmm. that's how kids draw them mm-hmm. and the fish are all swimming on top of the lake because mm-hmm. that's how kids draw them and uh, like death's house has mm-hmm. the the black fish that don't entirely act like fish and all like all of that like it's the same type of thing it's so good well it's a great like the whole thing is and honestly it's kind of like what happened to the boogeyman mm-hmm. to make them into the tooth fairy is kind of what death starts falling into with mm-hmm. being the hog father um because the and it's what happened to the really... hog father well, yeah, it's what it's what did happen to the Hogfather. Yeah. They, they don't really go into detail on it, but the reason that Death takes up the Hogfather's mantle is because he is literally the only other creature on the disc that can get into anybody's house anytime he mm-hmm. wants to mm-hmm. without their permission. 
Um, and so if somebody has to fill in for the Hug Father, it kind of has to be him. No, and but again, I appreciate mm-hmm. that that was all very well put together and everything. I just didn't find it that interesting. <laughs> also not a huge magic guy. Like, for mm-hmm. me to see a well-constructed magic system is very pleasing. But I like these books about witches and wizards. I just don't like the actual wizards most yeah. of the time. But, you know, I, I, I like this fantasy series. You... I just, I don't know. A lot of that was... I think relied on me knowing things that I didn't mm-hmm. know. And so I was, was making a lot of leaps that made sense to you. And to me, I'm just like, I don't have the context for this. There's so much fairy tale stuff. And I yeah. love all of that. I never got into it as a kid. I yeah. never got into it as a grown up. So there's a lot of missing information mm-hmm. in my head. So I was just like, I, I guess this makes sense. <laughs> uh, what else? We need to start wrapping things up here, I think. So, uh, uh, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I did. Uh, there's one. Uh, one of my only two notes that I wrote mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was, but, but I wrote I wrote it this way. Bananas are in herb willikins. <laughs> um, because uh, that is actually the uh, the bit where Ponder is saying that he doesn't think bananas are a fruit. He thinks that they're actually a fish, um, a kind of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that was, is actually that was a yeah. very QI bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually a reference to an actual trivia fact about bananas, which is botanically speaking, they are fruit because obviously they are. Mm-hmm. But on a technical level, they're technically an herb, right? Uh, because there's no such thing as a banana tree. Uh, banana trees, as we the see them, best kind of correct. There you go. But yeah. ban- banana trees contain no wood. They're actually just a very <sighs> large, very thick-stemmed plant. Okay, quite which interesting. Means that yeah. Since bananas don't grow off of a tree, then they grow off of a plant, which means they're an herb, not a fruit, um, if you are a weird pedant. Mm-hmm. Nothing so is that, a fruit, and, and nothing is and, a vegetable. Mm-hmm. And since Ponder is a weird pedant, mm-hmm. uh, that was where that whole thing came from. And there's no such thing as a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, Brian, you said you had a bit of a long quote. Why don't you, why don't yeah. you go ahead oh, and hit us with that? Yes. Okay, let me get my, uh, my, my book out here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you flip, got one of those, flip, as Amanda flip, calls it, paper. meat books. Yeah, meat books. Gross. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, so this is a long one. And incidentally, this bit does make it into the movie basically completely uninterrupted mm-hmm. uh, because it is just totally choice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mr. Tea Time broke into the Tooth Fairy's pocket dimension Te-a-tum. by... Sorry. Mr. Tea... Mr. Teatome. Mm-hmm. Or as the guy in the movie would have it, Mr. Teatome. Mm-hmm. Um... So he got in there by um, hijacking one of the delivery trucks and killing the driver. Mm -hmm. And so this is Death showing up to collect the driver. The dark figure stopped by the dead carter and reached down. Could I give you a hand? Ernie looked up gratefully. Oh, yeah, he said. He got to his feet, swaying a little. Hey, your fingers are cold, mister. Hmm, sorry. What did he go and do that for? I did what he said. He could have killed me. Ernie felt inside his overcoat and pulled out a small and, at this point, strangely transparent silver flask. Always keep a nip on me these cold nights, he said. Keeps my spirits up. Yes, indeed. Death looked around briefly and sniffed the air. I'm not going to explain all this then, eh? said Ernie, taking a pull. Oh, sorry, that was very rude of me. I wasn't paying attention. Well, so what am I going to tell people? Letting some blokes ride off with my cart and eat as you like? It's going to be the sack for sure. I'm going to be in big trouble. Ah, well, there at least I have some good news, Ernest. And then again, I have some bad news. <laughs> Ernie listened. Once or twice, he looked at the corpse at his feet. He looked smaller from the outside, and he was bright enough not to argue. Some things are fairly obvious when it's a seven-foot skeleton with a scythe telling you them. <laughs> there you go. 
Yes, very, very uh, good. And since since we're allowing bonus quotes, uh, a much shorter one, which I, I won't look up to get directly, but it was, um, uh, you can't give a child a sword. <laughs> yep. it's, educa- it's educational. What if she cuts herself? She will have learned an important lesson. <laughs> that bit's really good. There's, I remember from back before Tumblr was dead, there was a great drawing of that, mm-hmm. of that whole mm-hmm. sequence. So good. Yep, very good. So Amanda, what do you got? I already did my quote. Oh, did you? In context. I'm I'm looking because we share the same copy of the, uh, the ebook, and you have many, many passages highlighted, so I wasn't <laughs> sure if you got to everything you wanted. Uh, I think I talked about, honestly, a lot of that is so I remember what I want to talk about, That's and fair. so I've got it at my fingertips if you're like, what thing? What the hell thing are you ah, talking about? Gotcha. It's this the hell thing. Well, mine is a, a bit long again, but uh, there's, there's, a, there's a particular turn of phrase in here that I very much love. So this is at the end when... All that stuff happens with Susan and the pig, and I'm not sure what happens at all, but I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, She says, Thank you. Now tell me, what would have happened if you hadn't saved him? Yes, the sun would have risen just the same, yes? No. Oh, come on. You can't expect him to believe that. It's an astronomical fact. The sun would not have risen. She turned on him. It's been a long night, Grandfather. I'm tired and I need a bath. I don't need silliness. The sun would not have risen. Really? Then what would have happened to pray? A mere ball of flaming gas would have illuminated the world. They walked in silence for a moment. Ah, Susan said dully, trickery with words. I would have thought you'd be more literal-minded than that. I am nothing if not literal-minded. Trickery with words is where humans live. All right, said Susan, I'm not stupid. You're saying humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Really? As if it was some kind of pink pill? No, humans need fantasy to be human. To be the place where the falling angel meets the rising ape. Tooth fairies, hog fathers, little... Yes, as practice, you have to start out learning to believe the little lies. So we can believe the big ones? Yes, justice, mercy, duty, that sort of thing. It goes on, but that's that's basically the bit. Yes. It's very, very good. I like so the good. quotes for this book because we all get to do our death impressions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always. <laughs> yes. Orson Welles' death, there mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's uh, you know, extremely qualified being dead. No, this is just like there was. There was definitely some good stuff in this one. This we didn't some really... of the best death stuff. Yeah, and uh, Susan also has a pretty good showing in this. Um, yeah, I suppose uh-huh. so. Toward the end, there's like the whole thing is that she is very practical and she gets angry. She doesn't get scared, mm-hmm. which I love. And at the end, the uh, the original bogeyman, the the tooth fairy, is trying to scare her with all of these different shapes yeah, it and doesn't she just work. doesn't work on any of it yep. because she's, she's not good at being scared. It's just, it's a little too close to granny to me. I can see that. And I like granny better, yeah. but, uh, I, I mean, Susan, Susan is kind of city granny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And the thing is, I like Susan. I wish she had a book of her own that yeah. wasn't like, she's always second or third to whatever else mm-hmm. is happening. And I'd love to follow her for a whole, like the primary point of view of a book. And I like the slide, she gets more powers as the book goes on, because mm-hmm. death becomes mm-hmm. less death, because Susan has to be death, Right, death's not around. No, and I like when she does the voice, mm-hmm. and that's one of those times I wish Celia Emery was still doing yeah. the audiobooks, because I think she could do, like, the before the teen girl, like, mm-hmm. in, in soul music, but now, like, the, the, the young woman, like suddenly switching to the death voice. Mm-hmm. I think she could pull that off very well. I like the actor in the in the TV yes. movie doing yes. the voice. Mm-hmm. Michelle Dockery, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Lady Mary. And yeah, Lady Mary. I did like that sort of like half skull shadow effect they put on her face when she did it. Yeah, that was good. I like, don't know. I thought it was a little cheesy. It was a bit of an obvious effect, but 
It's right. it's a kids book on television. It's going to it's not going to be subtle. <laughs> but um I don't know. I'm I'm impressed. I figured the three of us talking about her would inevitably like descend into Downton talk. So I'm I'm impressed and, we didn't. And uh, how plain I'm saving it that is. for the I'm saving that for the Downton Abbey podcast. <laughs> of course, which I had offhandedly mentioned and now we'll probably do. Mm-hmm, probably. Um the uh, uh Edith is um plain, terribly plain. terribly uh, plain. So so, ter- so terribly plain. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that she's able to like really go ahead and do her hobbies um that she loves like getting left at the altar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's great that she gets so many opportunities to yep. do that. Quite nice. Uh, just it's like how, it's like how Bates and Anne are able to share their favorite hobby, getting accused of murder. <laughs> well, every other season, it's one of them. Uh, wh- while we're on the topic, I, I just... hope in the movie they get accused of the same murder. Uh huh. Well, that's the only uh, combination that's left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bef- they can put it in their podcast. <laughs> Before we leave you, Brian, please tell for anyone who actually does know Downton Abbey, please tell everyone who your favorite character on Downton Abbey is. Oh, it's Molesley. Okay, that's all. I don't want any explanation. <laughs> I just want you to say that. <laughs> okay, let's go through our cliche count, which is uh, remarkably light mm-hmm. this time. There was only, uh, yeah, I noticed that. Only one gingerly, no susurrations. There were four surreptitiouses, which is quite a lot. Uh, there was nothing, there, there were no something that happens to other people, mm-hmm. but there were four references to Mr. Tea Time seeing things differently from other people. Those exact words, mm-hmm. which I feel like is too many, like too much repetition of a very specific phrase, like to say he's a weird creep. Mm-hmm. He sees things differently from. Okay, f- say get a thesaurus, so Terry. Come on. Well, I, I think the uh, I think in order to do an accurate cliche count on that, you really do kind of have to just look for the phrase "other people." Yeah, that's and see like if like variations on it. And show that's up, that's yeah. actually exactly what I do. Yeah. Yeah. There you so go. in this case, that's why that came up, and but no quantums. So it's you know pretty light. pretty light this time. Yeah, light. I figured quantum would show up at least a couple times with hex. Yeah. But, uh, no, not this time. But Hex, Hex will return again mm-hmm. and again and again. Okay, so Brian, you already gave your grade. Uh, yes, it is either a B or an A+, plus, uh, depending on what kind of mood I am in. That's fair. Uh, <coughs> Amanda, what, are you, what did you give it? C+, plus. it was fine. That's, that's not a joke grade, that's a real grade. Okay, um, C and a plus. Okay, that's there you better. Go. I gave it a C-, minus. it had some good stuff, but it's barely passing. <laughs> And at this point in the series, that's that's my issue. Mm-hmm. At this point in the series, wedged between what was the last book? Was Masquerade the previous one? I don't remember. But wedged between two very good books because mm-hmm. next time is Jingo. Mm-hmm. He really should be writing better books at this point. Oh boy, and we got the last fucking Rincewind book to dread. There is that, but not yet. Is that uh, Last Continent? Yes, it is. Yeah. That is, and I don't want to give anything away for anybody that's listening in order, like some kind of weirdo, mm-hmm. but... um. That, I think, is the one where the uh, the wizard's own subplot is sort of handled the best, mm. uh, because it's them kind of on vacation and kind of not, and yeah, I remember. There's also, they work a lot better. There's also, as I recall, some deeply problematic stuff with uh, Aboriginal people, but uh, maybe I'm remembering wrong. That's because I tend to just mostly forget about the entire Rincewind part of the plot. I yeah. did. I like. I think I read that one. That's one of the ones I read once with the intention of never reading it again. So mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to it. Well, we will. We will listen to that one mm-hmm. on 1.5 speed. Uh, and for our pune or play on words, Amanda. Yes. So we're in Death's Kingdom, um, and we're reading the books, the life books there, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the O God says. All that's in a book? The autobiography. Everyone has one. It writes down your life as you go along. 
I get it. I have to say, I'm surprised you didn't go with um the one that was directly called out by the characters. I thought about it. Oh, but I like is, this it, one better. This may be the first appearance of someone saying pune or play on words, actually. No, it's in, yeah, it's it in the other ones. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah but this is where it was. It? Let's slay them. Mm-hmm. Uh, pause, pause, pause. I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. but that was a pune or play on words. I will excuse that sort of behavior from Death, who is not entirely human and mm-hmm. wants to make sure he's getting it right, but nobody else should be acting like that. The only other one that I uh, accept it from is anytime Nobby makes a really stupid joke and stands there smiling until somebody gets it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's about right. Especially since he usually hangs was out it, with um, Colin, who probably wouldn't get it. I think his whole I think that was a harp. Liar. No, I'm not. It was a harp. Oh, I see what you did. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, I think he said something like, you've been waiting around to use yep. that joke for years. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's everything. I think so, so too. Uh, Brian, we, we appreciate your uh, your appearing here, and uh, can you tell the people how to get to your fine podcast that we mentioned earlier? Uh, yes, I am available on all good uh, podcatchers as uh, Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast, or you can, uh, uh, if you're somebody who listens to podcasts in a browser, uh, like a weirdo, uh, you can find us uh, at uh, Tinseltown um, on uh, Libsyn or at holidaymovies.tumblr.com. Excellent. Tinseltown is such a good name for a podcast. Yes, that is. I did not come up with it. I could not think of a name. And so there's just, there's a movie group I'm part of on Facebook. And so I was like, give me names for a a holiday movie podcast. And as soon as that one came up, I was like, shit, that's the winner. Yeah. Perfect. It absolutely Mm -hmm. is. All right. So that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019 and 2020. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.